This week, we talk to a life sciences entrepreneur who wants to help you keep your pet healthy. Plus, we catch up on some alumni of a program to help STEM academics get started in business. Hi, I'm Karen Unland. And I'm Mac Mail. And this is Bloom, the podcast about innovation in Edmonton. Hello, Mac. Uh, FISA is away this week, so thanks for coming back to the show. I want to start with maybe a kind of a weird question. What is your history with pets? Well, thanks for having me back on Bloom. Uh, I have a long history with pets, actually. I don't have any pets right now. Uh, kids keep me more than busy. But when I was growing up, living at home, we always had pets, lots of pets, all kinds of pets, to the point that my parents actually opened a pet store in the town oh, wow. that we lived in. <laughs> Uh, and we sold all kinds of pets and supplies for pets to uh, everybody in our town. So we've always had several dogs, snakes, parrots. My brother liked tarantulas. We had a lot of fish, lots and lots of pets. I had no idea about this. Uh, somehow I missed this part of your, your history. So um, it, was my, it was my first uh, sort of business entrepreneurial you uh-huh. know, taste of that life, actually, was, was working at the pet store and helping my dad run the operations of the pet store when I was pretty young at the time. So yeah, that was maybe where I got my taste for business. Interesting. Well, I'm looking forward to your insights on our guest today. Uh, I, uh, my husband is very allergic to anything with fur, so we just have a gecko, which I like well enough. But I suspect you know from your pet store history that the bond between people and their cats and dogs is maybe even deeper than, I don't know, maybe you're brother really loved that tarantula, but it's the the dogs and cats that people would do practically anything for, I think, which makes anything related to pet health a pretty attractive market and I think a growing one. Do you think so? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, people treat them, always have, but especially lately, I, I feel like people treat their fur babies as part of the family. They're full family members and people will spend whatever it takes to give them the best. Mm-hmm. Well, a company that is getting in on that market is Kidney Check. It, uh, it has a fast, affordable, and non-invasive test for chronic kidney disease in dogs and cats. And as of this week, it is available for purchase in a few stores uh, in Alberta and Ontario and uh, and online. I got a chance to talk to co-founder and CEO Hilary Sweet, who started the company with Matthew Nichol in a garage in Leduc in 2019. And here's our conversation. Welcome to Bloom, Hillary. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Let's go back to that uh, garage in Leduc when you and Matthew graduated with PhDs in material engineering and biomedical engineering in 2018. So tell me, first of all, what was your intent when you started SN Biomedical? When we first set out um, and I guess decided that we wanted to start a company, um, we knew that we wanted to work on something or a, a problem that we could solve with simple and affordable diagnostics. And we actually set out, uh, we decided we wanted to start a company. And one of the first things that we did was coming up with our mission and and vision. And we've really tried to use that as our our guiding light. And so when we started up, we went out talking to as many people as we could to try and find problems. And we talked to people in the um, the vets and pet world, and we talked to some people in the you know lo- livestock industry as well, and we were really just trying to absorb all these problems and and understand what we could do to help 
you know, the, the people in the community around us. And so then what landed you on this particular idea? So we actually met a mentor who's named um, Dr. Merle Olson, and he is a vet turned businessman um, down in Calgary. He started Alberta Veterinary Labs, and they now have over 50 products for large animals, and they're just entering into small the small animal space. But it was through a discussion with him that we actually were made aware of the problem of chronic kidney disease in cats and dogs because Merle was a vet for quite a period of time and he took all these problems he was seeing uh, more in the large animal space and started inventing products that could be used by veterinarians to you know, make treatment and, and care for these animals better. And so he had, had told us one in three cats and, and one in 10 dogs have will have chronic kidney disease or get it in their lifetime. And one of the best things is early detection. And he was kind of walking us through, you know, why it's not detected or, you know, if people can't afford to pay the three or $400 vet bills to do the blood work and the urine analysis that's required to diagnose this disease. Um, and if they can't do that, you know, on a yearly basis after their animal turns seven, then oftentimes chronic kidney disease goes undetected until it's much later stage. And so that was kind of where we we had that problem um, brought to our attention. And we we went away and talked to a, a number of other vets and and kind of tried to get some validation that that was a, a problem. And then we set off in the garage um, working on the product itself. So we, before we get back to that innovation, I just need to know what attracted you to the entrepreneurial path instead of academia, because you have a PhDs, right? Yeah, I think, well, for, I, for myself anyways, I can definitely say that I never first, like I never saw myself going an academic path. Um, I was fortunate enough to get linked up with my supervisor for my PhD, Dr. Robert Burrell, who was the chair of biomedical engineering at the time through a friend connection. And if it wasn't for working under Rob, I don't think I would have made it through my my PhD. Um, he had a very unique approach in that he was a previous inventor himself. He invented ActiCoat, which is a silver wound bandage that has mm-hmm. um, now been sold by Smith and Nephew for a number of years and helped a number of people. And so his outlook was, what problem can we have you working on for the next four years during your PhD? And how can we make sure we're thinking about how it will be commercialized? And so during the whole PhD process, he had this very um, unique approach of always bringing back myself and Matthew. We both had the same supervisor bringing us back to, is that going to be cost effective? Is that going to be easy for people to use? And got us thinking about, you know, that commercialization step from the very beginning, which I think was really unique to our our PhD programs. So I think that kind of serendipitously led us to, you know, have that, some of that drive and wanting to, to try out the entrepreneurial journey ourselves. Does your roadmap include like similar diagnostics for humans, or do you think that you're going to stay on this veterinary path? I mean, there's always a potential, but what we have found, like initially when we started the company, we thought, oh, this kidney check will be the perfect product. We'll get it out there really quickly. It'll only take us a year. We'll have revenue and then we'll move on to this. You know, we had this other idea for a pregnancy test for livestock. And then we thought, and then we'll use that revenue and, and learnings to do a regulated product for humans. And so, you know, being a little bit oblivious, 
to, you know, the time periods and, and energy it would take. We always saw ourselves going into the human sector. Now we've kind of gotten to where we are and it has taken longer than we thought and more money than we thought. And so we are just really trying to focus in on getting Kenny check out there, getting the revenue and then not trying to get too far ahead of ourselves. But we do see um, the potential for additional saliva tests for both humans and, and pets. Are the regulatory barriers lower for animals than for humans, though? They are, yeah. That was part of our you know, decision to enter into the, the veterinary space or the, the pet space, is that it is this similar governing body, but if, unless you're looking at an infectious disease marker, it's not regulated in the pet space through um, CFIA. So it was a much lower entry barrier for us. Whereas in the human space, there would be um, obviously more regulatory challenges. For sure. Yeah. So by the time this episode comes out, Kidney Check will be in stores and available through e-commerce. What has surprised you most about the challenges of bringing this product to market? There has been definitely a number of challenges. But one thing that I have learned definitely a, a bit more about is that the packaging now I look at every package that is in my hand and analyze it and, you know, check out their barcodes and their labels and all, all of these, the graphics that go into it, um, because we have spent a lot of time. It was a great graphic designer that we've been working with named Ming and he's Edmonton area. And it has been so much work put into getting these packaging. You know, the look of them has to be really nice and eye catching. You know, we wanted to have French on the label and Quebec is a big market for us. And, and barcodes is this whole world. And there's just so many things that go into the packaging that we have spent a lot of time on. And we are, that's, I think, what partially makes us so excited about this launch is we are really proud of the, the packaging and, and the product itself. But yeah, I definitely had no idea of, of that being such a challenge and such a time-consuming piece. And you made a decision along the way that this was going to be a direct-to-consumer or business-to-consumer Thing instead of like, did it have to be? Would it ha have let needed to be less cool looking if you were just selling to vets? Well, we did launch our product to vets in January of this year, and so we had some really nice packaging for that as well. But we were selling them in boxes of ten, and what we learned through our conversations with vets is that vets are so busy, um, they're understaffed, and they wanted us to be able to give them a three pack that they could send home with pet owners. And so then you need, um, it, it was definitely for the consumer more time intensive to get the packaging done because you need all the instructions and you don't have, you know, a tech that's doing all of these tests on pet owners, but we really saw it as a need. Um, and, you know, the at home component for pet owners is just so valuable uh, right now, especially with there being, you know, this massive shortage. And I, I foresee it just being a way of the future. And so to answer your question, definitely um, because vets have more you know, training and, and background on doing tests and screening, it was more intensive to do the consumer facing packaging. How have you funded all of that so far? Do you have investment? So we did take on a small friends and family equity raise. Um, that was a few years ago now, and that was extremely helpful for us early on. And we have had been very fortunate to receive a number of grants from Alberta Innovates, 
We just currently received the product demonstration grant, which is helping us cover the costs associated with rolling the product out into the retail channel and really understanding our, our price point and our product placement and our staff education and all of those really important things. Um, and we also had a grant through um, the University of Alberta and Lethbridge called GreenSTEM. All of those grants have have allowed us to have you know a non-dilutive funding source and we are are just starting to think now about about potentially raising. So we've been really fortunate. So that potential raise was kind of part of your your pitch at Launch Party 13. You were one of the 10 companies that presented there and and you said you were looking to raise $600,000 then. What would that money help you do next? We've come to this point where we're entering into like this really heavy sales and marketing, you know, need to raise awareness on the product but also to um, scale up our our kind of feet on the ground. So we're trying to get um, in with some distributors who would help with that, but having some funding to have a sales and marketing expert and kind of that direct-to-consumer expertise, whether it's on a consulting basis or you know adding a team member to our, our fields would be really helpful. Um, and then there's also the scale-up because we are currently making this um, product ourselves in our lab in in Leduc. And so having a few pieces of equipment to help scale up that manufacturing would be really helpful and obviously reduce our, our cost of goods. So that was kind of the main pieces of, of where that funding would, would go to. I need to get like super nerdy here. Are you, so you're making the little strips in, in Leduc. What about like packaging? Like do you send that elsewhere to, to like put it in there? Or are you guys doing that? No, we're doing that ourselves. Wow. Yeah. We have our, our lab in Leduc and we do everything from making the test pads, um, cutting them up on the individual strips and then putting them in the pouches. And we actually just got a sealer that seals them all much faster than we previously had a, just like a foot pedal sealer. We have a band sealer and it puts the expiry and everything on it. So we're slowly increasing our, our manufacturing capabilities, but there's a few pieces of equipment that would you know, expedite that process. Yeah. And you're, if you're wildly successful, you're going to be. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to need some, uh, yeah, definitely some strip cutters and things like that to, or we'll be spending weeks at a time in the, in the lab, but. Yeah. Wow. Let me ask you about a uh, launch party itself. What was that experience like? It was a lot of fun for us. We had a lot of really great um, conversations with people stopping by the booth. Um, I had Alicia there who's been a vet tech for 10 years and she's on our team now. Um, and so it was, it was actually really great to just hear from the community and a mix of, you know, pet owners and other entrepreneurs and investors who were stopping by and, you know, just seemed really interested in, in what we were doing and were asking really great questions. And we actually had our, our new product um, and packages there as well. And we had some people, you know, buying them at the event, which we were not expecting. So oh, it wow. was a lot of, a lot of fun. Um, the pitch was really, was really a great experience as well. I, I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. <laughs> Is there something about Edmonton that has made this a good place to build kidney check? I think there's lots of, lots of things, but one, one thing that has really, I think helped me get through the journey that we've been on is just having, you know, the community events and, and everyone in the entrepreneurship and, and kind of startup world is so encouraging and so willing to, 
you know, sit down and go for coffee and share their experience. And there's been a number of times where I just, you know, needed advice or needed guidance or needed to just go have a beer with someone. Um, and I always leave at launch party was the same. I always leave those events and just feel so energized. And so I think for me that like, I've really, really noticed that about the Edmonton community, which is, has been fantastic. Is there anything that makes it challenging to develop a, a business like yours from here? Like there was just such a learning curve for us. We, Matt and I both graduated, like, like you mentioned from PhDs in engineering. And so like the invention part of the product was really fun and we were really familiar with that. There was even challenges there that came up as we were designing and inventing the product that were challenging, but we knew how to work through them and we knew how to design those experiments. I think for us, the more challenging side has been, how do you incorporate a business and how do you do your, you know, manage your bookkeeping and your finances and learning all of those other things that have to be done on kind of a, you know, weekly or monthly basis. And now entering into the sales and marketing is just like a whole nother learning curve mm -hmm. for us. Yeah. Um, and so we, we're trying to surround ourselves with, you know, experts in different areas so that we can pull from, you know, SEO and ads and how do we reach direct to consumer versus how do we reach to vet clinics? And, and I think that that has definitely been like the sales and marketing has definitely been the biggest challenge that I would say we've had. Um, but there's been so many little challenges along the way, which I think is part of the reason why you need that great community around you. Because if you're having a beer with someone and oh, I, I really am stumped by this bookkeeping problem, like, everyone's going through the same things. And so that's been you know, really great to have other people going through similar or, or even different challenges to, to talk about and talk through it mm -hmm. um, with the community. The Edmonton area has kind of a, a growing and burgeoning life sciences, health innovation community. Mostly that's focused on humans. Do you feel part of that movement or are you kind of separate? I feel a little bit separate from that. There's a lot of things in the, I mean, we took part in the, the Life Sciences Summit earlier this year through TNT, and that was a really great experience. There's some really cool health, health sciences companies um, in Edmonton, but the pet space is, I mean, one, we don't have that same regulatory hurdle. And so the like investment in the structure of the companies typically, uh, from what I've seen, has looked very different. And I think people, it's kind of this weird gap where there's there's a big group of companies in the states that we've been able to connect with who are pet focused. Um, and that's been really helpful because they can just relate on a more like industry level to what we're doing and some of the challenges that we're facing. And we can learn from each other in terms of what channels are working. I think we do fall into a little bit of a, a crack in Edmonton. I know there's a few other a few other pet food companies, but there isn't a huge number. And so I do think that we're a little bit of a you know, sometimes people don't really know where to categorize us. Yeah, because it's not agriculture either. There might be some niches there as well, but that's not quite what this is. Interesting. Yeah. So we're we're entering into um, Creative Destructive Lab CDL, mm. um, this cohort, and it's actually our first session tomorrow. And oh. that was the thing with them is they were like, "Do we do we put you in health or do we put you in agriculture?" And so you kind of you know, typically in health, people are used to the bigger, you know, bigger investment numbers. 
um, and more regulatory. And then in agriculture, like we don't, we don't really go with either, but there's similarities. Okay. So that's my next, my last question was what's next for kidney checks. So CDL as part of it, what else is um, on your horizon? Well, we are really excited about, about the product launch into retail mm-hmm. stores. So we have, um, we have the product demonstration grant from Alberta Innovates that's you know, helping, us, helping us fund this trial. But what we're essentially doing is we're launching the product November 1st into five stores in the Edmonton area. Um, well, f- sorry, four stores that are committed currently and then five in Ontario as well. And so we're really excited about just getting you know, staff at these stores engaging with pet owners on it, um, getting feedback, and just kind of seeing what happens there. And then our hope is to, um, we've been in talks with distributors who would you know, bring a sales team and help us scale across Canada. And so our, our hope is to have stores um, selling kidney check in early January or you know, early Q1 of, of 2023 to just try and get the product out there and, and help more pets and, and pet owners. So that's what I think our big focus is right now. CDL is a, a nice, um, you know, we'll get some mentorship out of that, hopefully that will help us achieve those goals as well. But it does kind of align with the, the retail focus and the launch. And people can buy them online now too. So where did they go if they want to, if they want to buy kidney check? Yeah, so we're selling them online as well. Our our website is kidneycheck.com, selling through our online store. And then there's four locations, Global Pet Foods um, in Leduc, Sherwood Park, St. Albert, and 170th Street that will be um, selling Kidney Check um, starting November 1st. So those are the places for Edmont- Edmontonians to, to get their hands on some. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been uh, great to learn about all of this journey. Thank you so much for having me, Karen. It's been great chatting with you. So I uh, I found it interesting that thanks to their PhD advisor, Hillary and Matthew, were thinking about commercialization kind of right from the start. And it challenged my notion of academia, which is like people do pure research and they're just trying to find out new stuff. And then at some point, somebody says, hey, maybe we could sell this. And then they start thinking about all that. Uh, so uh, it seems that it's not so unintentional as that. And I guess that's not surprising, given how many companies we have seen spin out of the, the University of Alberta. But what, what do you think of their origin story? Well, first of all, I don't think your your notion is totally unfounded. I think that's based on the history of the reality of academia, which is that it has been about pure research and less about commercialization. But the University of Alberta and many other major uh, post-secondary institutions around the world have really shifted their focus, I think, in recent decades to focus more on commercialization, to uh, incorporate you know, principles of entrepreneurship and things like that further into their programs right from the beginning. So in this case, yes, it's great. They had that PhD advisor who kind of distilled or instilled that in them rather, this idea that they could um, turn it into something and actually have an impact uh, commercially, not just uh, with the research. So I think their origin story is really interesting. I thought the interview you had there was was fascinating. And it really just speaks to that idea in entrepreneurship that is so foundational, which is you've got to find your customer and you've got to 
you know, figure out um, if you are going to build a business, if you are going to go down that commercialization route, you, that you're solving a problem for someone. Mm -hmm. And I really like how they kind of got introduced um, to that problem. Mm -hmm. um, and as you say, it kind of doesn't really matter what kind of company you're starting, whether it's like a diagnostic test for kidney disease or a local media company, you kind of run into the same stuff. You got to find out what you, who your customers are and what they want. You got to figure out all the incorporation and bookkeeping and marketing. Uh, did you have that same, uh, ooh, this is familiar feeling <laughs> that I had? A few times. Yeah, for sure. I mean, bookkeeping is a thing that all small business owners will run into at some point. So I, you know, that resonated with me. But also the idea that when you start out as an entrepreneur, uh, it's a pretty risky thing to do. You have to be pretty ambitious and be willing to take some risk on. And often when we do that as entrepreneurs, we have a bigger vision than um, we eventually get to, right? So mm -hmm. we start out with this great ambition for what we want to build. In their case, maybe, you know, even doing something for, for humans. And then you figure out how to bring that vision back into something actionable. What can I deliver as, a, as an initial step on the journey toward that larger goal and that larger mission? I thought it was interesting that they said they started with their you know, their mission and their vision and their values, because that's mm -hmm. not always where entrepreneurs start, right? No, that's right. Uh, something that is, sometimes you have to learn what those things are along the way, but they, right. they're so intentional about these things. Um, also kind of interesting, like one of the things that kind of caused them to reduce the scope of their initial big vision was how complex it was just to get this one product off the ground. And I just was so interested in all the little things that I never would have thought of, like that, like designing the packaging and how that's different for, for customers than, than for vets who already know how to use it and, and all of it. And then making the stuff, like actually making a package in their garage. <laughs> I'm glad that we just have to make a website and email newsletters. <laughs> Yeah, when you when you put it that way, I guess uh, what we're doing and what software companies tend to do is a little bit easier. Um, the labeling thing really stood out to me. That's something that has come up again and again in food and agriculture too, and companies that are trying to innovate in that space. Just getting a label on something is so complicated, and it doesn't seem like it should be so difficult, right? As a as a software company, you can, anybody can put up a website. Anybody can put out an app. There's like no rules or regulations really around mm -hmm. that, just the policies of the stores that you might be in. But when you get into that physical space and that labeling always seems to be such a hurdle for people um, yeah. in food and in life sciences in this case. Yeah. Any other thoughts arising from, from the interview? Well, I mean, it's interesting, right, that they decided to uh, to go out to launch party and be one of the the ten companies that presented there. And I think that's always a really good uh, experience for any entrepreneur to get, you know, experience uh, and practice making your pitch to people who maybe have never heard anything about you before, don't know anything about your company. Um, I'm sure they got some really great feedback from people both throughout the process of getting to launch party, and then once they had the opportunity to uh, to talk about it on stage. Um, the other thing is just, you know, they reiterated something that I've felt lately in that interview, which is that Edmonton is really a collaborative place for entrepreneurs and startups. And if you want to start a business, you want to go after commercializing some really innovative research that you've done, there's lots of people that are willing to help. And I'm really glad that that was their experience as well, because I hear that a lot. And I, I, I hope that's the case for most entrepreneurs. So it's always great to see that validated, uh, as they mentioned in the interview. Mm -hmm. 
Well, Hillary talked about some of the grant programs that also help them uh, get Kidney Check off the ground. And so let's take a break and hear from our sponsors. And when we come back, we'll catch up with some other companies that have benefited from those same programs. Bloom is brought to you by Edmonton Unlimited. Here's a message from our sponsor. Edmonton is a city of innovators with solutions to the world's thorniest challenges. Whether you launch here, land here, or pivot here, Edmonton Unlimited is here for you. It's an organization that provides the tools and support that innovators, big thinkers, and problem solvers need to turn their ideas into solutions. Learn more at edmontonunlimited.com. This episode of Bloom is also brought to you by Alberta Blue Cross. Even if you're a busy business owner with more meetings than hours in a day, you are calm and collected when your group benefit plan is taken care of by Alberta Blue Cross. Your employees can manage their own health, dental, life, and disability coverage online, anytime, on any device, making it easier for them and for you. To learn more and explore your options, head to ab.bluecross.ca. So Hillary Sweet mentioned that Kidney Check got some very helpful funding from GreenSTEM, and which was a pilot program that Alberta Innovates uh, ran a couple years ago. Some other Edmonton alumni of that program were Copper t- Copperstone Technologies and Wyvern in the 2019 version and Future Fields and Electronic Grid Systems in 2020. So I thought this would be a good opportunity to catch up with some, uh, some of those folks. Uh, this is hot off the press as I speak right now. Wyvern mm-hmm. uh, just raised another seven million US in a, what they call a seed plus round, led by Uncork Capital, which brings its total financing to fifteen million US, and that's mm-hmm. enough to fund its first three satellites, which are, la- are going to launch in early twenty twenty three. Space willing, weather willing, all of the other things that get in the way of space launches. Uh, and they've also launched this first light program to get customers for the images that these initial flights are going to capture. Um, and the, the kind of customers they're looking for are in environmental monitoring, agriculture, energy, defense, mining, forestry, and emissions monitoring. So you can kind of get in on the ground floor, so to speak. Um, thoughts on this Wyvern news? Well, very exciting for Chris and the whole team over at Wyvern to secure this fun- this uh, additional funding. You know, it's a long road when you're doing something uh, physical and something as high tech as what they're doing with the hyperspectral imaging and, and having to launch satellites and things like that. So they always knew they were going to need quite a bit of capital and uh, and financing to get to that point. And I imagine it's got to be pretty tricky for for that entrepreneurial journey to identify the milestones along the way that provide those investors enough confidence that like you can get to the next checkpoint and here's the next bit of money to help you do that. So for them to get to this point now where they're able to have the money to launch those satellites next year is super, super exciting for the company. And I think is continually amazing to me that, you know, we have this aviation and logistics and uh, and space industry in Edmonton and that there's companies here doing this really interesting product development. Yeah. 
Uh, Wyvern is also participating in the Scale Up program from Haskane School of Business at the University of Calgary uh, with a couple of other companies that we've talked to on Bloom before, G2V Optics and Future Fields. And they'll be working there uh, with our old friend Hannah Hampel on commercialization and sustainable growth. Speaking of future fields, they've been named or they were named company of the year earlier this year at the Bio Alberta Achievement Awards. And they are one of the finalists for the Aztec Awards, which are which Alberta Technology, Technology Alberta is uh, presenting on November 4th. Thoughts on future fields? Well, who would have thought the lowly fruit fly could yeah. lead to so much success? Uh, yeah. And this is another couple of wins for future fields to uh, add to their growing trophy case you know they've uh, rightly deserved and, and received quite a bit of recognition for the interesting things that they're doing and again back to what we were talking about earlier in this episode with the idea of you know needing to find your customer and maybe your ambitions are larger at the outset than they end up being when you get on that path to commercialization you know they've mm-hmm. done a really good job of uh, taking their technology and their and their innovation and turning that into a market that um, or, or turning their attention toward a market that can actually you know help them grow and commercialize that Indeed. Uh, and then finally, electronic grid systems keeps coming across my radar, and I never heard of them before this year. Maybe I was just not paying the right attention. Uh, they make something called Swift Charge, which makes it easier to scale the infrastructure needs for electric vehicle charging. And they've just been accepted into the Alberta Innovates Revenue Accelerator, powered by GrowthX, and they just graduated from the Alberta Accelerator by 500. Do you know anything about electronic grid systems? No, like you, they've just kind of more lately been popping up on my radar. And and sorry to the folks from uh, electronic grid systems who are listening, but the name just isn't super memorable. And I think that's part of well, their challenge, yeah, I, right? I think I think that's why they're kind of shifting towards that swift charge uh, yeah. name. Yeah, but having said that, you know, they seem like they are timing things very well here. Electrical vehicle. Electric vehicle charging uh, stations are are getting announced all the time, all around the world. There's been several announcements recently here in the Edmonton region alone. And, uh, you know, if they've got something that's ready to go to market to help that growing uh, and significant uh, opportunity, then, you know, that could be really, really great timing for them. So I, I expect they'll benefit, you know, quite a bit from the, the GrowthX Accelerator and uh, the opportunity to to really amp up sales and uh, and commercialization of what they've got. Mm-hmm. It just occurs to me that often on Speaking Municipally, your other podcast that you do mm-hmm. regularly, uh, you often express irritation at pilot projects. Pilot projects, but then what? What comes next, right? Um, Greenstem was a pilot project. It apparently only lived for two two years, but it gave birth to like a kind of quite a bit of good stuff. Uh, it's just change your view on pilot projects. Well, on speaking municipally, we're usually talking about pilot projects that the city of Edmonton itself has initiated, or that council city council has approved. So I guess I'll say that pilots led by, you know, economic development agencies like Alberta Innovates maybe have a better track record. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and the word pilot isn't applied to everything quite as extensively as it seems to be over in city of Edmonton land. But yeah, I mean, certainly you don't know when you launch some of these funding programs or some of these grant programs, which ones are going to stick or what, what kinds of companies are going to come forward or what the opportunities might be. Um, so maybe they call them a pilot 
just just to sort of hedge their bets a little bit. But great to see that uh, you know it's turned into something. This green stem one has led to such success, and you know probably gives those folks confidence that they can try some other things uh, to try to to seed and uh, and help fund you know some other interesting and up and coming um, innovation industries. For sure. Well, uh, Taproot is, as we speak, working on a story about electric vehicle charging. So uh, you can watch for that at taprootedmonton.ca and make sure you're subscribed to The Pulse. You can catch all of our future coverage of these companies. That's it for this week. If you haven't already, hit subscribe so you don't miss upcoming episodes of Bloom. And if you like this episode, rate us and share it with a friend. Bloom is produced by Taproot Edmonton with editing by Castria. Our music is by Davon Beaker and our cover art is by Vicky Wiersinski. Bye.